Welcome to Sound Off, WKNC's daytime music podcast, where we discuss some of the latest news and do one in-depth album review. This week, we will be reviewing LCD's latest album, entitled This Is Happening. I am Michael Jones, also known as DJ Ones. And alongside me again, I have... Kirsten Southwell, also known as DJ Vice. And Sarah Hager, known as Serenade. All right, let's get straight to the news. Uh, there were a couple of news stories that kind of stood out to me, and we'll we'll just talk briefly on these, because I really want to get your opinions on, on the latest LCD sound system album. As usual. As usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first now. one, Broken Social Scene, is releasing a bonus EP alongside their upcoming full-length. Uh, and now this will only be available f- for those who pre-ordered the album from the website or in some other way. Or actually go out and buy a physical copy. Now, do you think doing things like this, especially from bigger names, will encourage people to go and pick up physical copies of of albums? Definitely. It's helped promoting the record stores, too, because I know on the website it mentioned independent record stores, and you can buy vinyls and still get that free EP. So is there something protecting that EP from being downloaded? I mean, it'll probably still get downloaded illegally, but this is... I don't know, just kind of a bonus effort to get people to go out and either A, pre-order it, or B, get a legit physical copy. Mm. So it's, I think this is a really good marketing campaign mm-hmm. on their behalf. Uh, it's a nice way to encourage people to get out of the household and then get in their car or even bicycle or walk to a place that sells CDs and vinyl. It depends how big of a broken social scene fan you are because someone who might have just heard of them would just be like, well, I'm not doing all that. That's true. Now, that's one problem that could arise. But what about those that are the big fans? They're going to get more bang for the buck, and that's going to be like, oh, this makes me love my band so much more. What about those that you know listen? maybe weren't the biggest broken social scene fans or just didn't listen to them a lot, listen to the stuff online, think, this is great, Learn that there's a bonus EP alongside the full length, and do you think that would encourage them in the least bit to go out and get a legit physical copy instead of doing something horrible, illegal that would make Jesus cry? And Why do you stare me illegally? in the eyes when you say I that? Don't, I, I don't. <laughs> well, I think one thing that the audience of Broken Social Scene if if they understood the motive behind why they were going to the store, I think... Like if they came out and said, we really want you to support local record stores, that might have more of an incentive than this. What might sound like just an obstacle to some, as in me. I don't know. Doesn't it seem as if they're kind of not explicitly, but more implicitly implying, hey, go out, either you know, pre-order this from us or get a physical copy because there's something worthwhile in a physical edition. What is... What does pre-order imply? Does that mean you get a physical copy eventually? Yeah, like before the album's released, you order it through probably a website or go into the store. And it would also, in turn, help out local artists and other artists in the store because you have to go in ahead of time, pre-order it, and you're like, oh, well, this CD looks cool while I'm in here. So you think there's a runoff effect if they went in to buy a Broken Social Scene album that may encourage them to kind of stick around, look at other things that aren't, Straight off the iTunes marketplace, so they won't have to look at what Justin Bieber is selling right now. <laughs> and a 10-track EP, that's a lot. Yeah. It is. That is a whole lot. It's hardly an EP. It's, it's more like a full length. Almost like a full length. <laughs> kind of well, like a buy one, get one free. 
Yeah. I think, though, so are they not um, offering the option to download it from iTunes or anything like they, that? They're still, you can download it from iTunes when it comes out. It's just a matter of you're going to get all this extra content if you uh, go out and get a physical copy. Mm-hmm. Would you? Would you go out and get the physical copy? Just for that extra ten songs, maybe yeah. if it was a different band. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's if it was like Paul Simon, yeah, definitely. I think I'd be more drawn to buy a physical copy if it had like letters from the band or like something personal that I couldn't download off of iTunes. She's got a good point. Like something in print that yeah. might be worthwhile, like a like a limited edition poster or something like that. Right. And this is this is an interesting I don't know thing that they're at least attempting. But uh, I guess in the next couple of weeks, we'll see how it works out for them, at least. Well, it's just hard because you think about things you would usually pay $10 for. Like a lot of I've seen a lot of bands that put like their little booklet will unfold into a poster or something. And people pay $10 for posters all the time. But paying that kind of money for music now, in a way, kind of feels a little obsolete when you can just go. You have a friend that got the album, burn it from them or there's just so many ways to get music. It's almost brought down the value of the actual recording. So, mm-hmm. All right. Let's now on a somewhat related news story. And I think this kind of ties into getting people out to stores to actually buy things. Um, the collaboration between Danger Mouse, Mark Linkus, and David Lynch called Dark Night of the Soul is actually going to be officially released uh, in July. Now, this is following the unofficial release, and I think I mentioned this a little bit last week because it was, it was kind of an interesting thing that they did. But what, what happened with the unofficial release was they had a picture book with uh, various amounts of photographs and art, and there was a blank CD on it, and there was a sticker on the blank CD that said, use it as you will. So now this album is going to get a legitimate release instead of a blank CD saying use it as a you will, kind of. You know, implying, yeah, without. implying to go and do things that would make Jesus cry. <laughs> Which uh, DJ ones, I heard you actually met Jesus, so it's a big deal. That's not you know how to make him cry. <laughs> uh, wow, that was weird. Is that is that in a way kind of promoting vandalism? Oh wait, a blank CD that has a sticker on it. Okay, sorry, I thought it was just the sticker. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's blatantly promoting, I guess, piracy. See, I'd be more apt to buy that CD with the additional little arts and crafts than uh, the EP. So do you think or... if they released uh, this official edition but had that picture book, maybe even a blank CD, who cares? Throw in the blank CD as well. I love picture books. <laughs> <laughs> a big draw for me, but I think that's pretty cool. Um, and I know, didn't they get their start through peer-to-peer sharing? Uh, Danger Mouse has done a lot of stuff kind of somewhat illegally without getting the, (laughs) you know, express written consent of the the copyright holder. So this is, I don't know, pretty much. He's done some illegal Mm. stuff when it comes to copyright. Mm. Kirsten, what did you think about this? I think it's kind of, it's pretty cool. Uh, We we always end up talking about, like, the morale of sharing music and what's more important and... This is kind of a stick it to the man, I guess. It, it kind of puts it in the hand of the user as if it wouldn't already be there. With all, like, It also brings their consent to saying, hey, we think this is okay. But we won't put it in writing. <laughs> it's what do you up th- to you. What do you think will sell more, the, the official release or 
Do you think the official release will outsell the the picture book with all the at least in physical copy? Now I know people are going to go to whatever music provider, be it illegal or not, to download this album. But do you think that it will get more physical releases bought from? Probably because you know it just has a marketing campaign behind it mm-hmm. and whatnot. But I don't know. What if what if they had that same original approach to the official release? So wait. When they get the album as a picture book, including a blank CD, that doesn't actually also include the CD with the no, tracks. No, the on unofficial it? release, which is the one that they didn't have complete consent to, you know, make. Oh, I see. Okay. They just—it was just a picture book with a blank CD, kind of implying for people to go and download it off of uh, the internet. Okay. And and they—you had to pay for that, right? Yeah, you had to pay for the picture book and the blank CD. Well, that's kind of interesting because. If they say that the album was dedicated to this person who died, I, I wonder where those profits are going. Because I maybe mean, that's why they include the blank CD because it's like, oh, he would have wanted our music shared. So maybe that's part of the tribute, or maybe it's something like the cost. Like you're paying the same amount of cost, but you can do this part for free, and w- where we would have paid for it. Maybe they probably. I, I think it would have been nice if they used those profits for something. Yeah, we're kind of going on this this uh, idea of releases this week, it seems, and things that come alongside them. But, I mean, that's one of the things that constantly is in the news, is, and especially right now, because we have a lot of big-name releases that are coming out very soon. Right. So exciting. Many of which you will get to hear us review. Not, most likely. <laughs> most likely, yeah. But, um, so on that note, on the note of the releases, Crystal Castles has to actually, they're going to rush release their upcoming album um, after it was leaked online. Now, this seems to be a recurring trend. Yeah, 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 if I'm not mistaken, did this about a year ago, which is kind of remarkable. It's been a year since It's Blitz came out. But regardless of that, this is an interesting development in that nowadays people are having to rush release, basically, their album in order for them to attempt to make a profit on it. Right. Is it hard to rush release? I don't. I don't really understand that. Well, I guess. what happens is, is you get a, a standardized date to release things. So the marketing leads up to that date. They market mm-hmm. this date is the date that we're going to release this album. They have a press release about it, whatnot. So what's going to happen is, is they're going to have to move all of that. I don't want to say back, but they're going to have to push it forward so that they can get it out before it keeps getting put online. But do you think that'll really stop people from downloading it online? No. Well, you have some of these really eager fans that want to hear it as soon as it comes out and that probably would have willingly paid for it. But when they see that someone who maybe not as big of a fan already has it, then that kind of makes them want to rush to listen to it instead of wait out to buy it. So it's they have to match incentives because their eagerness to listen to it is being driven haywire because friends of theirs who maybe aren't as eager have an addition. Right. Or like building on that, if you are super eager, you're going to try to find it leaked as much as possible. Yeah, my brother does that all the time. <laughs> I don't know if you want to out your brother. Oh, <laughs> I mean, Kristen, if Paul Simon had a new like live oh, CD, totally. like Hidden Tracks, and you found out about it today, you'd probably try to find it somewhere within an hour. Yes. Successfully. It's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Shame on you all. I hope Paul Simon's listening and he forgives me, so... Maybe. Maybe. You know what? He can, he can email us, soundoff at org if he forgives you. for And don't, random people, don't just send an email saying you're Paul Simon. 
We won't <laughs> believe you. Oh, we want a picture geez. with uh, we want a picture of Paul Simon with the the newspaper from that day. Please, it has to be it has to be recent. I'll just Photoshop it myself and send it. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> right. How to rush? Well, I think one thing too that's considered in rushing a release is the actual manufacturing of things, like how long it takes you to actually manufacture a CD. Um, the case, the artwork, everything is kind of on its own deadline. Yep. So do they lose money on this when they have to cut the marketing short? Or do they save I, I money? I mean, it's kind of a, it's a bit of a hassle in the fact that they have to scramble a bit. So it becomes mm-hmm. nerve, very nerve-wracking for, for music companies to have to come in and, and change around their original marketing plan. Um, but I don't know. This is It's such a weird case. Do you think it makes them reconsider... Um, their process in releasing albums to radio stations such as WKNC? I don't see how. I really don't see. They would have to go through a promoter, and that, or in most cases, they'll go through promoters that they'll pay to give out these albums Um, maybe a week or so before. Where do these leaks, do you think they come from these promoters or the outlets that they actually give I don't know. To? I think they come from a variety of sources. Uh, I know that they have... What is it called? Going gold, at least in the video game industry, is what it's called when they've packaged everything up and they're shipping it out to retailers. So it could be a matter of the album getting leaked from retailers. Now, I'm not particularly sure if the album or if the Crystal Castle album is in the hands of retailers right now. I could always get in touch with retailers and ask them, hey, do you have it? And are you on a release date right now? Mm -hmm. But I think it's be more internal than anything else. It's coming from somebody that's in the company or knows the artist and just happens to get their hand on on an audition. And or maybe it's like they give it to their brother and they <laughs> you know, it could that's, be I mean, yeah, that could very well happen too. Although that's Some of them crappy. come out like months and months before the release date though. And that kind of blows my mind. And Lately. I wonder what the satisfaction of releasing that is. I mean, if you really respect the artist, you would think like like how I'm sitting on Luego's new CD right now. Nobody has it but me. Because I'm a graphic designer. Well, I'm so fancy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like, I don't know. I just think they're, I, maybe it's because I know him personally that I think it would be just a really dick move to just release his album. Especially oh, yeah. as a smaller musician, he probably has enough problems trying to sell albums as it is. So, But Crystal, I mean... Yeah, I, I, the the small musician thing is is very interesting point to make. Um, if you look at the, I guess the grand scheme of things, Crystal Castle's position within, I don't know, if you compared him to like a Beyonce Knowles. You used I, her I last that comparison, <laughs> yeah. I she know. dropped that. She has a last name. She like, dropped it. Like Sean Puff Daddy Combs. <laughs> right. Just it would like be a that. different story. Yeah, I think it. It also depends on. Uh, what your intentions are with releasing it. I don't know. That's a that's a weird thing for me to figure out. Because you don't actually get any fame by being the one that released it. You might write a blog entry about it or something. But. I don't know if you'd even want to write a blog entry about, about what, leaking it online? I guess it's the same reason people create computer viruses. They just like it to might watch be. Havoc. It might be just that kind Those of... people suck. <laughs> <laughs> get All a Mac, right. Sarah. <laughs> Aside from uh, computer virus making people, I think it would be not a bad idea to move on 
to finally move on to our full-length album review. Wait, oh I thought we were talking about Phoenix. I was so excited about that. The Phoenix story is, yes. I mean, it's it's a bit dry, uh, but we can we can discuss so it for excited. a second. Just read uh, it. Phoenix, of course, <laughs> is scoring a Sofia Coppola film. Um, you have it right in front of you. What's the name of it? Let me just pull uh, it up for a second. Somewhere. somewhere. It's called Somewhere, and it's, it's expected to release sometime in the fall. Now, I believe this will be uh, not the first time that they're actually scoring a Sofia Coppola film. I what, love her. What, what were you what, so excited to talk about on this? The Virgin Suicides was her. I love that movie. And Lost in Translation, Maria Antoinette. And she's done music videos for like Flaming Lips, White Stripes, Air, which is in Virgin Suicides. Cool. And I guess the main thing I was really excited about is my favorite Phoenix song is Love Like a Sunset. And all the music's going to sound like that. And I'm excited. Oh. so excited. That's always been a very movie marketable song. Because oh, it's, don't say that. No, I I mean that in the nicest way possible. <laughs> the next walking Be- on sunshine. No, it's not. We are family. <laughs> I don't think it is at all. Why are you so crazy? <laughs> you don't want her to answer yeah. that. No, not not really. All right, but I mean, it's an interesting story. Uh, it's it's kind of cool that you see more mainstream artists going ahead and scoring films. I think that adds a certain element to to a film when you when you give it to a band and say hey i want you to do this album um most notably i guess recently karen o from yeah yeah yeah's scored uh, where the wild things are oh, the spike no jones That's film cute. i didn't know that yeah she did she scored that entire film is okay scoring or are they just putting uh, I, I see a difference uh, in the karen o and... recorded original content with her in it and then brought along a lot of her pals to record all original songs as well. And they and she released them or they released the soundtrack as Karen O and the Kids. Cute. <laughs> Super cute. But I don't know if this is like if I guess film people would probably be more apt at talking about this than than we were, but I mean just from this perspective, it's exciting to see people that aren't traditional I don't know, music scorers, is that music composers? Question. Yeah, go ahead. So, this is okay. And I'm, I'm totally referencing a past, a, a past podcast, but um, Modest Mouse doing the Adventure, oh, Misadventures of Flapjack isn't it. okay. I think it's a different audience. It's a different audience. It's a completely different audience. Where the Wild Things Are in a cartoon show. Yeah. Completely this movie, I'm, I, I thought the whole issue was these more underground <laughs> gem artists going into the mainstream via cartoons and such i but think dj once just got called out yeah. modest mouse has always <laughs> had a problem defending himself. how how indie they were i mean that's been going on since they signed to a major record label which is i mean kind of destroys the whole idea of being indie but at least they've constantly been losing credentials in the indie world since they signed to what is it epic so they, i don't they know. don't they they want to be more indie or less indie who modest mouse yeah i don't know because I don't know their prerogatives. See, I think Southwell. obscure. <laughs> I think obscure cartoon says indie right up, right up that alley. Hey, anyway, whatever, anyway. It's whatever your definition of it is, and I hate talking about the word because I think it's stupid. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> your face is stupid. Yeah, we're oh kids. <laughs> All right, I think it's about time to get into our album review. Anything else you'd like to say? <laughs> no, it's not really. <laughs> you don't really say that. All right, you're listening to Sound Off once again, WKNC's daytime music podcast. This week, we are reviewing LCD Sound System's third album entitled This in 
<laughs> this is happening. Um, this is allegedly their last album. Oh is, no way! Yeah, this I is a this was kind of a side project from James Murphy that's been going on for quite some time. James Murphy um, is releasing this album on DFA Records, which he co-founded. So, LCD Sound Systems. This is happening. First impressions, Kirsten. Oh, that song was so long. <laughs> I know it's what you're talking about. That first song was so long. Um, they're all really long, aren't they? They're all really long. I, I, you know what? I see the way that I listened to it. I did not see how long the tracks were because you were studying. I was reading and had I was tied to the internet because that's how we were listening to this CD. Uh, I feel like it. It was actually really good. I liked a lot of things about it. I really liked. How they were able to incorporate that classic, well, not classic rock, but that uh, genuine rock sound with uh, their electric sort of themes. So I thought that was cool. Made me want to dance for eight hours at a t- or eight minutes at a time for every song. That's all. Yeah, I think it was a pretty good mesh of the old punk feel and meets dance. Oh and yeah, definitely some punk in there. I feel like I should have been at a London club with flashy lights trying to find my drink and some boots. Well, James Murphy kind of comes from that. It, it, yeah, it is a weird, or not a weird, but it's a really cool mix. It's a nice blend of that kind of New York punk and these kind of dancier electronic elements. Uh, I also felt some disco mm-hmm. present from time to time. Definitely yeah. some disco there. Mm-hmm. Um, although it's not so prevalent, but it's a nice blend of the two. Now, I thought that this album in particular was much slower pace than the previous two albums that were put out. Yeah. What are you guys saying? Uh, I'm actually not super familiar with LCD sound system. And to me, it all sounded pretty new from what I'd heard. I, I couldn't tell you exactly what I've heard. But then that song, Pow Pow, I was like, oh, I've heard this before. This is what LCD sound system sounds like. So I, I guess from what I'd heard previously, I felt like it was true to their sound, but also pretty exploratory. Yeah, no, I there's some definite differences there. Uh, this felt like a much longer burn, not just in the the actual length of the album, but it felt as if uh, I I like to compare it to Franz Ferdinand's third album as well, and the fact that they go on a completely different route, although they still follow those these kind of dance post punk elements, and it kind of seems like an album that would chronicle one crazy night, because that's what that's what the I don't know purpose right. of the Franz Ferdinand's Third um, album was. It was actually was, entitled what was Tonight. What big song off of that one? Uh, I get confused. Uh, Ulysses was the big song from that. I, I don't know. I don't know, know that, that one off the top yeah. of my head. Oh, you guys are terrible. You're talking oh. to yourself here. No, but that, that was just one thing that I can... So for, for those that, that have, have listened to that album, um, I, I got the same type of feel that it's kind of like a chronicle of a, some crazy night. Basically mm-hmm. because he, he sings about... Drunk girls. Yeah, among party. other things. Drunk girls. Okay. Dance <laughs> yourself clean. So what did you guys think, now that we're on that topic, what did you think about that first song? Okay, I wrote basic clean sound that doesn't get stale. I was talking about the beginning, because I thought that was the end of the song. And then when it finally <laughs> built up from that like rhythm little beat, I was like, oh man, this is awesome. And then I just wanted to dance, and then I wrote, has the song changed yet? Well, longest song ever, maybe a little overkill. I wrote something similar, pretty much. <laughs> I was like, simplicity, but I kind of like it. It just picked up more, dot, dot, dot. I dig it, dot, dot, dot. It was on too long. <laughs> Could have ended a while ago, but it didn't. 
Is this three songs? Is is what I kept thinking. I thought the little thing on their website was broken. I just didn't. I didn't have a problem with the with the length of the songs particularly. Um, now with that first, it it reminded me a bit of all my friends. I thought that a lot of songs on here were trying to, in some way, copy and paste that kind of template where you have a slow build up at the very beginning and then it really kicks into gear right. and then just kind of goes on for another five minutes. Very, very long five minutes. I, I couldn't stand I come the end of it I was just like I I was just waiting for something new. I think. Yeah. Um, if you're gonna have a long song it needs to keep the listener's interest and like doing the post rock block, like obviously I love epically long songs, but it has to have that change in it and I didn't find that in this song. I thought there was a lot of change. There was that one on really a awesome bit. one that I thought was the end of the song. It, it was the first big transition. But I really loved how that the song began. It was it began, beginned, began and New word. ended. You heard it here. You heard it here. Southwell. <laughs> I, I was saying that um, it it really. I found this in a lot of their songs. It really made you focus on the words um, because of they were very clear, and the music behind it was not so extravagant in times where he really wanted you to listen. One thing that I also picked out on this album was that it seems as if James Murphy is trying to increase his vocal range. Yeah. Some of the songs he had really awesome vocals in. No, I I like to compare things to the previous albums just because it's a nice reference point. But I hope we've heard of it. In in those earlier albums, he he kind of, and I don't know if you guys could say much about this, but in those earlier albums, it just seemed as if he was just kind of speaking alongside of beats. But with this one, one, he changes quite a lot, and he, he really kind of expands his horizons musically. I, I think it's really going to be interesting where he goes if this is the last album for LCD Sound System. It'll probably see a, uh, be another project that sounds a lot similar to this. I don't really know at this point. But uh, mm. I think I think this was a movement in an interesting direction. I won't call it a right direction because I can't say that this is my favorite LCD Sound System album, although I do consider this um, one that... I would definitely go back to again and again and again. And I did so over the weekend. I was through like six times. What was your favorite song? Uh, I don't know. I had, I had two songs in particular, um, and I can't remember one of their names. I really did like Home a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was a nice way to close out the album. It it had all the elements that you would expect for an LCD sound system song to have. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. I just wanted to blast it. Like The louder it was, the better it was. Did you guys like the song I Can Change? Yes. I did. I didn't. You didn't? No, I did a lot. Oh, okay. One thing to... one thing that I was I was talking to another DJ here and um they did not care for the latest album a lot and they referenced to uh they referenced that song in one of the lyrics he was like, I'm just gonna send him a, a letter that's just with the the own lyrics from that song where it says never change, never change, never change. Because they didn't like the direction that this went in. Although I thought this was a pretty good a pretty good change of pace for LCD sound system. Right. I thought his vocals in that were really stunning. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty catchy. I really liked how he changed it from the never change to I can change. And it gets dynamic at all the right places is whatever. It had cute lyrics. I didn't really like um, Drunk Girls. You didn't <laughs> like the lead? The lyrics were really funny. That's, that is the most commercial marketed that's their first single it's, it's their lead single off I of this album i think it's album. one of the worst songs though what i don't oh, I, I wouldn't listen to it because i enjoy the sound i'd listen to it because i want to laugh 
You you didn't like the sound of it? I, didn't like I thought that. it was fun. It was a fun track that they put out. Uh, they're it's not as serious as the lead single off of their last album, All My Friends, which is, I mean, they I think they edited it to like a three minute single, but it's originally on the full length. It's seven minutes, and that was that was one of the lead singles off of that second album. But I thought this was I thought it was a fun a fun romp. <laughs> romp. 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 I, I don't really understand why when artists pick singles, what, what they have in mind. I guess they think... Sometimes would... it's not so much... It really depends on who the record label is that they're under. Now, I'm pretty sure that James Murphy had more flexibility when it came to which single he picked out first. But I think that this is... I mean, when they see a song that's called Drunk Girls, I think people are going to go to it just because the title is interesting. And, I mean, it's a fun song. It's It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's fun but it's not i liked some of the like choral vibes they had like they would do a lot of harmonies and stuff that i thought were pretty interesting and it was really quick like you just got little tastes here and there and i thought that was interesting but overall i really didn't care for the song i feel like it's the next fist pumping song and i'm not <laughs> no, really okay with no, that. You, I, you can see it you can see it i can't see it i don't want to see it <laughs> Maybe we just have a different perspective on things. Uh, the one, uh, the one track uh, that was my favorite. I think it's called "All I Want." That's funny. Why is, is that funny? funny? I didn't. I didn't really care for that you one. You didn't either. like that at all. I had it starred. Like my little system for this is I star songs when I like it a lot, and I had it starred. But by the time it was over, like two hours later, it was unstarred. I really, I, exactly I really enjoyed that song a lot. That that and home are easily my two favorites. That's funny because I wrote, I, I think it was a little bit too electric for me. It, I, I don't oh, exactly remember what it sounds like from my mind, thing. but I, I guess, I don't know. I said that they prefer, I prefer when they stick to guitar because usually I really like electric sounding. So some of it was really awesome how they blended the two, but that one I felt like a headache. That was, I think that was really their most dynamic song. Uh, everything that I wanted or that I expected from this third album was encapsulated within All I Want, and it made it easily my favorite off of this album. One I'll thing listen that, to it again and see if it changes my mind. One thing that was cool about it is it had this like little subtle, easy keyboard riff that just yeah, kept the, on going on and on in and the on. Background. And it yeah, kind of like took over your mind a little <laughs> bit. But... It's kind of subliminal in a way, sure. Yeah. Um, the end of the song was really cool, though. I will say that. What did you think about uh, You Wanted a Hit? I didn't care for that too much. Uh, I don't know. That I think they kind of crossed the line for being silly and being Why? pretentious. I don't know, because the, the lyrics seem to be up their butt. You know? That's what I really got from that song in particular. I couldn't find any lyrics on the internet, so kudos to you them. if you understand what they're talking about. Well, I mean, about. when I, you know, going back and listening to it over and over again, you you start to pick up on what what the hell they're saying. We won't be your babies anymore. I laughed at it; like I thought it was pretty cool. They were like, "You wanted a hit, but maybe we don't do hits." So <laughs> another, you know, I think music beats industry. The tone, kind of thing. the tone that they did it in was one oh. that I wasn't particularly cared about. I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate the song by any stretch of the imagination, but it wasn't my favorite. Um, it, I don't know, maybe bottom three in this album, although there are, what, eight tracks? I started it. I started it. <laughs> Wait, question. I, I said that, I've said that twice. I don't usually start my questions with, wait, question. Um, see, that's funny that you said, you, did you guys both interpret the title, We Wanted a Hit, as 
uh, you wanted to hit as like you wanted a hit song because I tied it with the fact that they're LCD. Uh, that's LSD. Oh my god! <laughs> answer, oh. answer. You don't Damn. know your drugs. I don't. <laughs> I'm gonna start my sentence with answer thing. when you start with question. <laughs> Can we cut that out? Because that was really dumb. Nope. Just like last week. <laughs> Wait, you didn't cut that out last week? The uh, part when you said something really dumb? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's in there. <laughs> That's what you get for calling out ones on eating his words. Yeah. <laughs> How do those words taste? All right, changing the topic. Um, Pow Pow. Yes. That's, pow, pow. You took the words right out of my mouth. It's a meatloaf song. Oh. Well, I liked it. It was like an immediate toe tapper, like within the first couple of seconds, like. I was involuntarily tapping my toes. I think just overall they ended this album really well. The last three songs I felt were solid for the most part. Um, Home, of course, is going to be one of my standouts from this album. I didn't like Somebody's Calling Me, which is the next to last song. Yeah. I didn't. Nope, nope, nope. Did you guys? I, I think they fit well. Now, I, last week I complained about, before while I rudely interrupt you, um, oh. last week I complained a little bit about <laughs> sequencing and track listing uh, with, with Flash Delirium. Now, with this one, I really did enjoy the way that the songs flowed into one another. Yes, but I don't like the way they were all recorded. Like, I'm sure he had his own vision with somebody's calling me, but I, I think the levels were too loud for the keyboard, piano, whatever it was in that song. And I didn't like it. <laughs> I wish I could record it for What him. were you going to say, Kirsten? Sorry. I was going to talk about Pow Pow some more. Oh, well, yeah, were... before you were interrupted oh, by one. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was going to see... Did, did you guys like I think especially especially on that song I saw a resemblance between this album and like Block Party. I don't there's did something else see that? I mean yeah I could see how you would point that out. There's there's kind of that British I don't know I'm going to punch you in your face sound. Well, in the sound like except on a few specific songs like it doesn't it it feels kind of shallow but not necessarily in a bad way just you you just take it at face value, especially when they repeat a whole lot. To me, that that just kind of reminds me of Block Party. No, oh, okay, I I could see how you would how you could say that. Uh, did I say something smart to make up for my really dumb statement? Not I yet. Can't, I can't believe that. <laughs> I I literally was like, oh, like drugs, like LCD. I don't know about you guys. So but... If you weren't listening earlier, <laughs> if you skipped ahead, if you skipped ahead for a little bit. Kirsten um, makes a drug with a liquid crystal display. That's what it means. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, what, I just want to bring this up just for a second because I one of the things I'm really fascinated about is how musicians make the music. It's like some people like watching artists paint. I like watching musicians record. Um, one thing, they had some clips strewn together on uh, their homepage kind of documenting how they were making this album and James Murphy pretty much built a studio in this L.A. mansion that he was sleeping in as well. This, I guess, haunted studio if you watch all of the clips. Um, because one of them has one of the people that was working on the album, the room that he sleeps in. Now, this is complete aside. He sleeps in this one room. Um, he believes he has a dream about somebody just kind of hovering over his bed looking at him. Next morning, he wakes up, and the locked closet door is wide open. They, ask, they go and ask James Murphy, um, did you know about this? This whole closet door thing, and they're like, "Yeah, they told me that before I bought the house. I just didn't tell the guy that sleeps Whoa. there." But that I love ghost stories. I love it so much. That's such a great story. But all right, complete aside. It had a better ending than the Mars Volta recording haunted story. 
<laughs> different times. Look it up. <laughs> oh, man, I wanted to bring up a different haunting recording story, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I think I think it'll be about time to wrap this up. Mm. Any final comments about LCD sound system? This is happening. Uh, I feel like overall, very good album, very tasteful album for those of you who like rock and also like electric rock. So I think this has a pretty big scope for an audience and it's a good way to go out. LCD sound system. LSD sound system. <laughs> LSD sound. I'm changing their name. <laughs> it's a really fun album for sure. And the tracks are different enough where it keeps that variance going, keeps you interested, but they still flow together pretty well. Now this is the fourth album that we've reviewed on the show. Um, and this is, this might be my favorite album that I've that we reviewed on the show for me personally. This is a nice effort. I won't say it's the best album that LCD Sound System has ever put out, but it's definitely one that kept me going back for more. I mean, I listened to it probably seven times over the weekend. It's not because I completely lost track. It's just because I didn't mind it starting over again. So mm-hmm. I this was one that I kept going back to and that I see myself going back to when it uh, gets officially released to the public. This is definitely one I'm considering picking up on vinyl at the moment. Or putting uh, on the air. Or putting on the air. Although we'll have to edit out. We'll have to edit one part of my favorite song. Because what song would you play? Word. Maybe Drunk Girls. Probably <laughs> Drunk Girls. That's. Well, I mean, no, it, see, it's, it's the it's one that's that will fit within a, a decent time span. And for if we talk about radio compatibility, but there are so many on there that are, are solid. It just sounds like your dream, Michael. What <laughs> bunch that? of drunk girls? Oh well, I <laughs> think that'd be best. It's funny to wrap up. The, uh, yet another edition of Sound Off. Uh, I am Michael Jones, also known as DJ Ones. You can catch me Tuesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And I'm DJ Vice, and I'm on the air Mondays 5 to 7 until summer starts. Then I'm out of here. And I'm also trying to help out Saturday mornings 10 to 12 on the Americana show. What's your real name? Oh, Ugh, she Kirsten doesn't have Southall. one. Oh, okay. Kirsten Southall. The name. You can cut me out of that part. Um, <laughs> I'm Sarah Nade, and I'm on the post rock block six to eight on Sundays. Of course, Sarah Hager. That is. Now, if you don't go by your name, just don't go by your name. Just call me ones instead of Michael and whatnot. Ones. All right. Say so you're my phone. I think that's that's just gonna about wrap it up. Now, just a couple of quick announcements. Next week, we are going to be reviewing the new pornographer's latest album entitled Together. Um, and also a couple of quick changes. You won't hear that album get, get reviewed until two weeks from, uh, I guess the time that you're listening to this one. Um, it's around that time of the year again for us students here. We're having to cram for finals and finish up all of our projects and do all that good stuff. So we are recording broken social scene, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and you will in all likelihood hear that next week. Um, and then the week after that, we'll be reviewing new pornographers. And in a couple of weeks, after all of our testing is finished, I think there's going to be a brief shift, a temporary shift in the lineup. I will still be here. Um, Kirsten, what is it set in stone just yet? I will hopefully find out today or So tomorrow. we will find out within the next couple of weeks, and then we will report everything <laughs> hey, else that's going on. Can I make a side note? Yeah, go So ahead. I'm waiting to hear from an internship with uh, Sirius Radio and guess what they're going to have me doing? What? Podcasts. Wow. 
This is a nice preparation. <laughs> so maybe That's I'll cool. mention this podcast on my podcast. Hopefully I'm good enough at this to do a podcast on my own. Just know your drugs and you'll be okay. <laughs> but, but Sarah will also be absent until about I, July. I might stop in. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't but there will be a quick shift in lineup and when all right. that is set in stone. We will let you know. All right. I think that just about wraps it up. I believe we are going to sound off like Kirsten <laughs> would like it? us to so pow, much. Pow, pow. I know. I said it. <laughs> All right. Kirsten, would you like to do us the honor? Oh, no. It's it's not like an honor. What do I say every time? I don't know. Let's sound off. Done. <laughs> All right. And uh, yet another week. Thank you for listening. Yep. We are we'll sounding off. See you next week. Sound off. <laughs>